The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hiya, I'm Adam. And I'm Nick. And welcome to episode 21 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, as episodes go, I don't think either of us have been more excited than what we are about to talk about. This is like a UFC fan's wet dream, what is happening on July the 9th in Las Vegas. Coming up on today's show. A little bit of this. He's going to tap. It is all over! Daniel Cormier! It's the new UFC light heavyweight champion! A little more of this. Two big fat dollops of this. Oh! That's it! Trying to finish it! And it is all over! Jose Aldo knocks out Chad Mendes and remains. He just ran out of the octagon and ran right into the crowd. And they are swarming him now. This is nuts! This is the Fight Disciples Podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. Before we talk UFC, Nicholas. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. As I told Tony Bellew only earlier today... When he's he tweeting, man. He's tweeting know, about he put you. a tweet out. I know. Uh, but as I texted him back, I said, listen, because he's got three boys, as we mm. know. I said, listen, real men make girls. Is that the truth? And, uh, that's what, listen, that's what I've been told. People are telling me real men make girls. So, you know, I've got a boy like yourself and now I've just made a girl. So... You're a real the man. The stress is coming, Adam. I'm collapsing already. I was out shopping for pink things earlier today with the missus, and you wouldn't believe how expensive and how. Anyway, now she's it... amazing, mate. I'm on joking. She's amazing. Well, my missus is pregnant, as you as you fully well know, and yeah. um, I'm I'm praying for a lad. I'll, I'll put it out there. The reason why I'm praying for a lad <laughs> is because I've already got a lot of claws that he could just regurgitate. You know what I mean? Hand me downs. There's old trainers there. Everything's rocking and rolling. So you've got yeah. to start again when you get a little girl, aren't you? Completely. We've got a ton of stuff there that we kept hold of. Just dress her as a lad. Just dress her up as a lad, it's fine, man. No, 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 exactly. I'm just going to tomboy her, tomboy her out. But, you know, as you can imagine, the missus and the grandparents have already gone absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I bet. The house is just completely pink already, and she's like four, five days old. So uh, there's nothing down for us. So that's why you're here today, mate, to join me in the studio to obviously have a bit of a man's hour to get all the testosterone flowing for a bit of UFC. Exactly, yeah. The little fella's still only 18 months, so he's just into Peppa Pig and Thomas the Tank Engine. I haven't quite got him onto the... Even though his namesake, Alexander, Alexander Gustafsson's a UFC star, 
I haven't quite quite got him into the old fight business yet. So yeah, this is my this is my power hour. You know, come on, come in the studio with yourself, and we'll uh, rap about the UFC, and then I'm go straight back home for more Pepper Pig and more get your nails more painted, pink, pink tutus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where do we start with this man? Um, International Fight Week. It it basically starts Thursday. Now, for um, fight fans in the UK, unless you're a, a UFC Fight Pass subscriber, you're not going to see uh, Thursday night's action. And you're missing out if you're not a Fight Pass subscriber yeah. because what an unbelievable fight. Another title fight on the line. A man that um, should have been fighting. Uh, was it this time last year that he should have been fighting Conor McGregor at £155, Dos Anjos? Yeah, of course it was, yeah. But he pulled out title through injury, fight. but he's back in there. So uh, the lightweight title is uh, on the line. The £155 title is on the line on Thursday evening, early hours of Friday morning. It's an insane card, you know, and it's a bit shame here in the UK that we're only getting Friday night and Saturday night on BT Sports with the UK TV deal. But listen, you know, I think it's $9 or £6 or something a month, and you can just do one month if you like. And I think when you sign up for UFC Fight Pass, you used to be able to get a couple of months for free anyway. Listen, I'm telling you now, it's worth getting <laughs> just for Thursday night's fights. And you can watch them, obviously, That you know, if you're a Fight Pass member, you can watch them the very next day. You haven't got to watch them live. It's just like having, you know, it's just like recording on your TV. You can watch it at any time. Plus, Friday night and Saturday night, there's early, early prelims, which are only on Fight Pass. So, again, it pays off them. But listen, this card Thursday night, if this was a standalone pay-per-view card on any regular Saturday, Adam, we'd be going nuts about it. We'd be getting super excited. Not only is the main event a title fight against two absolute beasts, but then the, the undercard's sick as well. Alan Juban, Joe Duffy, the chief support, Roy Nelson against Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, like the... You know, the immovable object against the killer, you know, the monster. And Derek Lewis is just an absolute freak. He's like a beast. He's a big shaved gorilla that he is. He's a monster. <laughs> so that's that's one. I am so excited for that on Thursday night. And that's not even touching the undercard. And the, un- the undercard is solid as well. It's a good undercard. But uh, yeah, but the main event, listen, I was talking to Eddie Alvarez a few weeks ago for an interview for Fighters Only. He's... Been a little bit of a nomad recently. He was, he was he was kind of on the West Coast. Then he went back to the East Coast at Black Zillions, done a few fights there. Now he's gone back to Philadelphia. He's doing the whole Philadelphia thing. You know, he's from Philly anyway, proud Philadelphia. He's been back there. He's got himself right back in the frame. Obviously, he gets the title shot on Thursday night. And for me, this is a belt, and this could steal the show. This fight could be the best fight of the week. Spunking your lord nice and early. That's what it is all on Thursday night. We haven't even That's touched... me all over that. That's me all over, <laughs> you know. Early. Got early. excited too soon. Listen, don't get too excited about Saturday night because it's happening Thursday. Just watch Thursday night. It's big, <laughs> big man event with Dos Anjos back in action. Uh, Friday night, it's the girls that are going at it and I'm going to leave you to pronounce uh, the fighters in this particular fight because I've tried and tried and tried and I just keep failing. I'm just going to go with that one with longer and that blondie. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, exactly. Claudia Gadella, who is the Brazilian challenger the women's storeway title against Joanna Yadrizek. Good effort. Or like she calls herself, Joanna Champion. Which yeah, is that's, easier yeah that's what I should have gone with that. And uh, listen, this is, a, again, anyone who's been watching the tough season that's been on every Wednesday night on BT Sport either in the UK or obviously on Fox over in the US and those, these two have been going at it a little bit. Um, it, it, the tough always builds up a little bit of mm. a little bit of venom anyway you know if you if you're in each other's pockets for eight weeks recording a TV show against one another coaching against each other you're always going to build that little bit of rivalry and Claudia Gadella listen she's you know she's she's one of the best female fighters on the ground in that story division sick you know brings it all to the table but from what we've seen so far from this Joanna Jadrizek my god she's a beast you know there's there's plenty of men 
in the flyweight division that I would struggle with there. Striking. She comes from a Thai boxing background and her striking is ridiculous. So mm. I expect that to be a belter. We don't know the the two other sides of the tough finale are going to be yet because that show doesn't actually screen in the UK until and in the US actually until Wednesday early hours, Thursday here. Um, so we don't know who else is in that matchup. But for me, further down that card, the fight that I know you're excited about as well, Adam, Ross Pearson against one of our boys. Yeah, the walk away champ, man. He just knocks him out and walks away. Exactly. And Ross is, you know, this is a great fight for Ross Pearson because Will Brooks, for people that don't know, people who are into the UFC and so not too sure who Will Brooks is, this guy's the best. He was the lightweight champion in Bellator. And Bellator is probably the, you know, the second biggest promotion in the world, as we well know, behind the UFC. And this guy has quit Bellator, quit a lucrative contract there because he wants to fight in the UFC. He wants to prove himself in the UFC. Ultimately, he wants to prove himself as the best lightweight in the world. And, you know, he's in with our boy Ross Pearson. And, you know, Ross has never, ever shied away from a fight in his life. So I'm expecting absolute fireworks in that one. That, by the way, is available for fight fans in the UK. If you can watch that on BT Sport in the early hours of Saturday morning. So the Ross, um, Rafael Dos Anjos fight on Thursday night, early hours of Friday morning, is available to Fight Pass uh, users only, subscribers only. And then BT Sport are showing uh, the girls going at it in the strawweight division Saturday morning here in the UK. Now, also featured here in the UK is this ridiculous card. This is the showpiece. This is the one that they, the cherry yeah. that they put on top of the cake. <clears throat> UFC 200 coming live from Las Vegas and I have uh, I've counted the fights that are on this particular card and normally when they put a card on you think to yourself alright the headliner yeah that's what you get excited about there's always one just a little bit further down whether they are the support act whether they're in the prelims there's always one that you look at and you think to yourself that'd be an absolute beauty it's the other way around with this. You're looking at fights that you think is going to disappoint you. You can't pick one but every single one is an absolute banger. It's just nuts. You know, it, the, the UFC are building it as saying it's the most stacked card they've ever put together. Well, it is. I haven't I mean, seen one like this. Luckily, you can't, you can't argue. The first fight on the card, Jim Miller against Takanori Gomi. You know, two absolute legends of the UFC. You know, a, a pride guy. You know, this brings These two bring everything to the table. The fantastic submission fighters. Both of them as brave as anything. Both of them love to land one, to you know, take one to land one. The first fight on the card could be the best fight we'll see this week. And then that continues throughout the entire 12 fight card on Saturday night. You know, of course, listen, we're both like the rest of the world. We're Conor McGregor fans, aren't we? We love a bit of Conor. Everyone loves a bit of Conor. And it, obviously the goal was initially to have Conor McGregor on this card headlining against the Sanyos or Nate Diaz or whatever Connor probably wanted. It didn't come off for whatever reason, you know, whatever went on, it hasn't come off. But looking at this card now, if you put Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz on this card, Adam, do you think that's the best fight on this card? No, I would say, bloody hell, <laughs> one minute. Um, if you put Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz in there, I think that that would have to go fourth down, you know, on the, on the main event. So they'd have six main... I know they've got five of the main event uh, cards tonight. Obviously, you've got Cormier Jones and Lesnar Tight Hunt, which are, which are classed as Huge. the big boys, yeah? Then you've got yep. Tate Nunes, Aldo Tight Edgar, fight. 
title th- fight. And then you've got Velasquez against Brown. I think it's Velasquez Brown, then Nate Diaz against Conor McGregor. I think Aldo Edgar's bigger than um, McGregor and, uh, and Diaz. It's mental. It's absolutely mental. Mainly because mental. what you just said there, it's a title fight, Aldo. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, obviously, Conor McGregor is such a big, super-duper star. He sells so many pay-per-views that if Conor was on this card, chances are Conor would probably be on top of it because he's a freak, he's an enigma. But you're right, what you've just said then, in, in terms of what the t- fight stands for, let, let's face it, that fight at 202, we're, we're super looking forward to it because mm, we want to mm. see if Conor can, can beat Nate this time around. But looking at this card, it's not... It, it ranks where you said, Adam. It's fourth or fifth on this card. Of course it is. You know, for me, Aldo Edgar, that should be for Connor's featherweight title anyway. I know it's for the interim title. It should be for the full title. Yeah. As we know, because Connor is fighting at welterweight again. He shouldn't because have Because what happens, belt right? Anymore. What happens, right? If in uh, two or two, he beats Diaz, um, yeah. he's not going to step down from 170 all the way back down to 145, is he? He just can't physically do that. He, he would either stay at 170, he might go down to 155 to have a go with Dos Anjos or whoever wins that fight uh, that Dos mm-hmm. Anjos is in on Thursday evening. Is he going to go all the way back down to 145? Because he is the champion at that weight division. So what happens to Aldo or Edgar when they're sat there with an interim belt? Do you just upgrade it? Is that what you just do? Listen, because look, there's no one, when, no one for him to fight, is there, to win a belt if he's, if he's not there? completely agree. I completely agree. So what what would be the benefit of of him moving back to one forty five now? Why do that? You know, if he's going to beat Nate, well, only if he's beaten two hundred two. If he's beaten though, if he's beaten at one seventy, well, then, then, he then he's going to then he's going to have to go back there and regroup, isn't he? He's going to mm. have to go back at least at one fifty five and regroup. He can't come off two losses and go st- two non title losses and go straight back into a title fight. It just can't happen. You know, if he's spent. Let's say Connor's now just finishing off his well, he's, he's you know in the last few weeks of his second camp. At 170, mm. you know, it, it's going to be is a so much camp, more though, difficult. The, pre- exactly. the previous camp so wasn't a full camp, was it? No, it wasn't because he, you know, as he famously said, he was having two breakfasts on his way to the weigh-in and mm. stuff like that. But this time, his he's grown fully as a welterweight. He is a he is a welterweight now. You know, that's what you'd like to think. His, his strength and conditioning, his whole diet, his whole regime would have been built about becoming a, a proper welterweight mm. for this fight. And let's be honest, right? We know that we're quite cynical when it comes to boxing or UFC, any mixed martial arts, and therefore that might be part of the story as to why the fight has been delayed and why it's not on this card and why it's two months yep. down the line at two or two. Well, exactly, because you know what we were told publicly is Connor doesn't want to go to a new. He doesn't want to go on a this big press tour yeah. and sell the events like he's done previously, like he's so good at. But me and you know the you score, know, man. He's probably struggling with exactly. weight. He wants to be right at the weight. He wants to be as big and as strong and as a, and as ready as he possibly can be. Yeah. You know, he wants to make sure he's got the takedown defense because let's face it. You know, last time he was the one that tired. He was the one that punched himself out. He was the one that died for Nate Diaz to take the fight to the ground to give himself a rest. Yeah. And then he found himself completely out of his depth because Nate Diaz is far better jujitsu. So he he isn't working on his jujitsu. He's never going to match Nate Diaz's jujitsu. But what he is working on, he's working on his strength and his stamina to keep the fight on its feet. He's going to need that stamina. The Diaz brothers will happily do. He's going to need that stamina. They're doing triathlons. They're blooming running around blooming California. The Diaz brothers have got some of the best jiu-jitsu in, in the UFC, yet they will not take a fight to the ground. They'll, they'd rather stand there and get beat standing up. We've seen it before, yeah. both Nick and Nate. They've lost fights because they're not prepared. They don't want to do that. They want, they're there to put on a show. They, they, it's all about pride and respect with them. Mm. So he's not going to take Connor down. So all Connor's working on 
is his stamina to be able to stand with Nate and keep throwing Nate. Listen, we're rapping, we're rapping about UFC 202. We've got the best fight card there. There was well, the, the next three days. Kinda, yeah, but what you've just said there kind of leads me nicely into what I want to talk about on this uh, UFC 200 card first, right? Yes, there's the pre- prelims. We will talk about them. Of course we will. But the fight that intrigues me the most, and it's along the same lines as what you've just been saying there about whether it's going to the ground or whether it's going to be stood up, is Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt. If this goes to the deck... Lesnar's yep. going to maul him. He's going to absolutely elbow the blooming living daylights out the fella. But yep. is it going to go to the deck? That's the thing, isn't it? That's the intriguer. That's that you sit there and you go, if this is just stand up, Mark Hunt's going to spark this guy. Well, you, you've got to. That's the only way you can look at it because you look at Brock's past. You know, has Brock been away rebuilding his body? You know, getting over the the uh, the, the disease or the injuries, whatever you want to call it, that ruled him out of the UFC in the first place. That made him go back to wrestling while he rebuilt his body. But in that time, has he been sparring? Has he been getting punched in the face? Because Brock Lesnar, to be a success in the UFC second time around, he's been exposed. You see, people know he's got no chin. He's yeah. scared of getting punched in the face, and you know you can't knock the man for that. The guy's been a career wrestler. Put him in a put him on the wrestling mat and he'd destroy anybody. Well, that's, know, that, that's his attribute, football, isn't it? That's his attribute in the octagon, isn't it? Though? Because of it is, when, yeah, when, it's when he got, when he chucks his wrestling about, he takes people down and he takes them out, and he's taken out very, very good UFC fighters through exactly. his brilliant Listen, wrestling. Nobody handed him the UFC heavyweight championship. That's a that's a fact. Nobody handed that to him. What he did was he come in and he cl- he took it for his own, and he took the whole heavyweight division to a whole new level. But then. Once he hit Kane Velasquez and Kane had that background in wrestling himself, mm. was able to use his own strength to keep the fight standing. Once Brock started to, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a bigger guy, I'll start punching. And start. Once he started getting punched in the face and he wasn't used to being punched in the face, that's when he ultimately became exposed. And that's the situation we've got ourselves in. You know, we spoke about it last week, week before, Adam, and the fight got made when we were saying... Mm. I think the UFC made this fight. Because, okay, we've got no Connor. We've got no huge superstar to sell UFC 200. What do we do? Listen, let's get those conversations with Brock. Let's step him up a notch. Let's get Brock back in, whether it's for one fight, 10 fights, whatever. We need Brock back in to shock the world, to yeah. push this pay-per-view, to make the biggest events of That's the, the year. That's the word, innit? That's the word, the shock. The, everything else. Exactly. I mean, all the other fights are brilliant. And if you're a proper UFC fan, you're in there going, bloody hell, this is awesome. But there's that yeah. one, there's just that one cherry that you need, don't you, that goes, What?! As if exactly. that's happening. You need one <laughs> no. of those moments. And that is that. Exactly. That is the fight. That's the fight that it's going to make. It's going to push that next 20% or 10% of pay-per-view buyers. Gets that extra 20% yeah. of publicity. And it brings and in the, U- the WWE fan base as of well. Of course it does, yeah. Brings all them in so everybody's happy. The problem is they rush to make this fight and then who's available, who's available, heavyweight. He's tied up, he's tied up. Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt. Don't match him with Mark Hunt. He's the biggest puncher in the division. The guy's got an incredible chin of his own and he puts you out with one punch, knockout, walkaway power. He's the last person you want in with Brock. So now Brock's got to think, right, okay. If they put him in with someone that isn't a big puncher, then Brock and chances are he's probably going to be able to match him or be able to take his shot before he imposes his own will, i.e. gets him on the floor, Beats the crap out of him with a bit of Donkey Pong. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Donkey Pong. Donkey Pong. I want to play that game. I want to play some Donkey Pong. <laughs> um, so that listen, that's 
that's the opponent you want for Brock if it's safety fit, but it's not safety first. No. That's the beauty of this matchup. Mark Hunt's a dangerous guy. If Brock rushes at him from the bell, let's say Rock just go, Brock just goes right. I'm just going to charge him GSP style. Full yeah, but you speed, could you could get double mate, leg. You could flip him down, beat the crap out of him. If he does that and runs into Mark Hunt's uppercut, yeah. he's gone. He's That's it. Knocked out. That's it. You get another. Um, you get another uh, McGregor Aldo situation. This exactly. could be. This could genuinely be over within twenty seconds. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And that's what makes it so intriguing. And it could go either way. You know, if, if Brock is able to charge up Mark Hunt, take him down, gridiron style, throw him on his back. You know, Mark Hunt, for, for all his strength Yeah, but he's, not, he's not light, is he? He's a big boy. He's Mark Hunt, mate. He's carrying. Exactly. His centre <laughs> of gravity is so low. Mark Hunt, over the years, has is, is got great takedown defence because he knows all he's got to do is stop people from putting him on his back. And he's got the power to put them asleep. Mm. And that's because he's so big and so round and so small. You know, his centre of gravity is so low. Good luck trying to take him down, Brock. Good luck. You mentioned Because if he takes one shot, he's gone. You it's, mentioned, it's amazing. What a fight, what a fight. Yeah, it's a great fight. You mentioned there uh, Ken's name and Ken is back on this card. It's just, it, everything, there's so many little storylines that just float within this whole card. It, that's why it's so beautiful for me. Ken Velasquez yeah. back in it. He's uh, taking on Big Boy Brown. Um, probably... Well, to be fair, you don't want to run run away and predict the fight of the night. But with Kane being back in the heavyweight fold, this could yep. be the one where the, pe- the people that are right into the heavyweight division get ultra excited. Because if Kane goes in and looks spectacular, like we know that he can do, then he's yep. back in the mix for maybe something spectacular at New York at the end of the year. Kane being back in the mix, you know, this is... He missed out on the title fight. He, his reign was tarnished because he was never fit. You know, he never got them title defences in. He made the he made the heavyweight division stagnate. So he was like, you know, with fans, you know, they kind of resented Kane a little bit because Kane was posted when he beat Brock and took over. And okay, he lost to JDS, but then he come back and beat JDS. And you think, yeah, you know, this is the age. This is the dawn of Cage. The age. The age of Kane Velasquez. <laughs> you know, his his reign begins now. It just didn't happen. It just you know just fell apart and. You know, the fact that he couldn't get back to face Vadum, you know, a couple of months ago and his title fight, he had to pull out injured and then Majocic was rewarded and got that shot and now Majocic is the champion. It's great because the heavyweight division's just moved on, but Cain Velasquez has got to put, he's got to put a massive performance in on this card to get his title shot, to get himself back in the frame, to make sure that his reign starts again. You know, that age of Cain mm. that, we t- that we just mentioned actually begins and gets off the ground because so far... You know, his, his career, when he looks back now, when you look at it, you think, it's a bit of wasted talent. You know, he's left part of his career in the gym. You know, his wrestling career, his, his stud college wrestling career has come back to haunt him because he just hasn't got the ability or the fitness to take over again. But this is his chance. UFC 200 is his big chance. But then he's fighting Travis Brown. Or, you know, as, as the industry like to call him, Mr. Ronda Rousey. And he's got to prove himself. He's got to try and step up now, and and you know, at the end of the day, it's not it's not easy being Ronda Rousey's hubby or other half, if you like. And he's got to step out of his shadows and prove himself as well. Do you see this? A, do you see what you're doing? Fight. You see what you're doing? You, you you're creating these storylines for me. Normally, all I've got to do is think about gelling this podcast together. But you're doing it yourself today, Nick. I might as well go home <laughs> because what you've done there, you've linked it beautifully from Ronda Rousey, from Mister Ronda Rousey. You've linked it beautifully into the lady that is now currently the champion when it comes uh, to the elite female fighters in the UFC. Misha Tate is back in action. She has got a sensational fight against Nunes. But then what you were doing is alluding to Ronda Rousey. You're tickling as we're 
Ronda Rousey. That's what you're doing. You're thinking to yourself, the winner of this fight has to fight Ronda Rousey next up. Of course. <laughs> of course. And Listen, with Travis Brown being on the main card, where's Ronda going to be? She's going to be front no, she's row centre. No, she's at home. She's doing the gardening. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't going to be there. <laughs> she's doing the dishes at home, yeah. She's front row centre. She's going to be sitting there closer than anybody. Yeah. And she's going to be right within finger pointing distance from Misha Tate yeah. after this fight ends. I'm actually Don't anticipating maybe a little bit of shit kicking off at the end of this fight. Whoever it wins it, if Misha, if Misha me. does the business and lays down yeah. the chokeholds that we know that she can do and the fantastic wrestling that she's got, if she does do that and wins against Amanda Nunes in a way that is emphatic, expect yeah. a little bit of kicking off at the end of that fight. Well, I think whoever wins this fight calls out Ronda Rousey, of course, because Ronda's, you know, damaged goods. You know, she's not fought since she, since she lost to Holly Holm. You know, she's talking about, you know, is her mind on the job? Is she ever going to come back? Is she just going to follow this Hollywood career? Regardless, she will be ringside on Saturday night, Ronda. She'll be there to support Travis Brown. So she's going to be within shouting distance. For me, if I'm the UFC, I push her into the octagon. Regardless of who wins this fight, <laughs> you, put, her in. you push Get you in. push Ronda in the octagon. At the fight, you know, when, when Dana and Lorenzo and all them climb in with the belt to award it to the winner, you drag Ronda in with you as well because you want that head-to-head. You want that... Straight away, whether it's Amanda Nunes, whether she then continues this in, this run of incredible championship shocks that the UFC have had over the mm. last 12 months, or whether Misha Tate sets up a fourth fight with Ronda, you need them within finger-pointing distance of each other to build that fight because Misha Tate wins, for me, on Saturday night. Misha Tate-Ronda Rousey is perfect for UFC New York in November. Mm. That gives Ronda plenty of time to get fit again. You know, that we need that we need something now to drag Ronda back in and I think a fight with Misha Tate's probably the only thing that'll do it because she ain't gonna fight Holly Holm she certainly ain't gonna fight Chris Cyborg who's who's just come to the UFC but is an absolute monster yeah but a fourth fight with Misha Tate would certainly interest Ronda because she's won against Misha Tate before so that's the fight that I think the UFC are gonna build on the back of Saturday night and I think this is going to be a vintage Misha Tate performance. I she hope wants so. to prove to the world now that she is legit the champ. You know, she had to do it the hard way against Holly Holm. Mm. She wants to show now. She wants to do a number on Amanda Nunes, an absolute number on her to kind of go, right, okay, I think I've proved now I'm the number one. And um, again, again, that could be. Fight, I think it could be, you know. Well. I, well, we say this Amanda all the time. Nunes is a little beast. You know, well, we say this all the so time about, ma- about, about matchups, don't we? And how styles make fights. And this style genuinely does make a fight. We saw it with Holly Holm. Holly Holm, fantastic boxer against Misha Tate, who's fantastic um, at the hugging side of uh, UFC. And that's what yeah. ended up prevailing. She punched herself out and she ended up getting choked out on the mat in the final rounds when she was winning the fight, Holly Holm, against Misha Tate. Fantastic patience in that fight from Misha. She might have to show a little bit of patience in this fight as well because, as you just mentioned, Amanda Nunes is a nut job. She's an absolute nutter. And this could yeah. be a beautiful. You could see Amanda Nunes take four rounds here, but then still get beat. Yeah, and still get submitted in the end, yeah. Because Misha's ground game is so solid. I think what you'll see here is be a very accomplished performance by Misha Tate. I think it'll be very much a strike a bit, a bit of a striker match. She's got the takedown defense to keep it where she wants. She's got the wrestling ability to put Amanda Nunes on her back. You know, I think it's uh I think we'll see a, a strong performance from Misha Tate for the first few rounds, and then I think we'll even see a push for the finish as well. But Amanda Nunes, you're right, she's a beast. Do not re- rule that woman out, and, and she could certainly win some rounds. It's it's a belter. It's an absolute belter of a fight. 
my natural link now would be to obviously insinuate that we just spoke about Holly Holm being the previous victim of Misha Tate and then move on to one of her stable mates in John Jones. See what I'm doing here? However, because that is the uh, that's the piece de resistance at the end of the uh, UFC 200, I'm just going to quickly jump towards Aldo Egger. I don't have a link for it. I just love oh. the fight, mate. It's an in- I'm gobsmacked that it's interim. We mentioned this earlier on. Why is it an interim belt for these guys? These guys are the two elite at this moment in time at £145. Yeah. Both men have been uh, mentioned, obviously, alongside Conor McGregor. We know what happened to Aldo when he stepped in there. Frankie Agger has been mentioned many, many times uh, with with Conor. Where do you stand on these two boys in this particular fight? Because if we look down the line, yes, the top one, Cormier Jones, is, is it even? I don't know if it's even. I don't know where I'm at with it. I don't know if... Brock Lesnar and Hunt is even. I don't know if Tate and Nunes is even. I don't know if Alasquez and Brown is even. But I think Aldo and Edgar is absolutely split right down the middle. Yeah, completely. You know, obviously, I know Aldo's got that win over Frankie Edgar. Um, but it's a completely different world that we're living in now. Mm. You know, at that and he's point, coming, on, he's coming off the back of a spark out. He's coming off the back exactly. of being sparked clean out. That's it. So he was riding the crest of a wave. He was undefeated in like 10 years. Absolutely untouchable. His confidence was unshatterable until he went on a roadshow with Conor McGregor. Conor got completely inside his head. He bum-rushed Conor McGregor from the opening bell, as we know, ran into a hook, got absolutely sparked out in 13, 14 seconds. And that damages you. Yeah, I don't care who you are. If that happens to you in the cage, in the ring, whatever. Yeah. If you, if, if in front of the world, in front of millions title, of people. There's millions of exactly. people watching that. You're defending your championship in front of millions of people around the world and you get knocked out with the first punch you take. That messes with your mind. No, and that's probably why Aldo's been out of the, out of the cage for a year. He's had to rebuild himself mentally. Now he's now he's in Vegas for fight week. He's making all the right noises. He wants mm. to fight Conor again. He's going to knock Conor out. He's going to do this, going to do that. He's going to prove it against Edgar so we can get the rematch with Conor. Good on you. You know that, That's all the right noises, yeah. But it's different saying it and actually doing it. And for me, I can't see how Jose Aldo has gotten better since he got knocked out by Conor McGregor. I just can't see that because he's been inactive. His confidence is all over the place. And the first few minutes of that round, his bottle will be gone. Mm. The flip side of that is Frankie Edgar has gotten better. He has definitely improved. You know, he's got a fantastic stable around him in New Jersey now. His own camp, his own setup. And he is come on leaps and bounds and don't forget this guy is a former lightweight champion you know he defended the lightweight title numerous times he's down a featherweight now he's he's used to handling bigger men and I don't think he'll make the mistake like he did last time of standing off and letting Jose Aldo pick him off and pick off shots and basically showing Jose Aldo too much respect in their mm. fight the first fight this is going to be completely different I expect oh, Edgar to close the distance uh, I expect Edgar to put him on his back and I expect this to be an absolute war and if Jose Aldo is as good as he says he is still as good as he used to be he's going to have to come through the trenches in this fight he's going to absolutely have to come through it because Frankie Edgar you know he ain't going to lose that neither neither of these guys when you think about it neither of these guys are going to lose this fight because it, you lose this fight where the, where the fuck do you go then? Mm. What you know? What, what's left for you then? You know, Jose Aldo. If he loses this fight, where does he go? He's, he's already he's already beat Frankie Edgar once. Now he's lost the interim title fight after being knocked out. Where does his career go then? Likewise, Frankie Edgar. You know, he's back at the well again. He's back in championship again. If he can't beat the guy to become the interim champion, never going to fight Conor McGregor. Mm. Is, is this a loser leaves town match? Is it? I don't know. It, that's why I think this is this. 
as you say, said to me when I first work, walked in the studio today, Adam, and you went, Aldo Edgar, though! <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I know, I know! This is the this is the one. Surely this is the one. Is this not the best fight of the entire week? I think that I think, <sighs> mate. Stop saying that every fight's the best fight of every week, right? <laughs> I'm going to be using matchsticks to keep my eyes open to get to make sure that I, ca- I, I get all this action into my head. Out of all the fights, if we're, if we're just looking at UFC 200 and we're looking on the Saturday night and we're looking at the big five, uh, the five that we've just mentioned, we haven't done Cormier Jones yet. I appreciate that, but we'll get to it in a minute. If we look at all those. Aldo Edgar screams the one that will go further, so it'll go longer into the fight. Maybe Tate Nunes might go the distance. Aldo Edgar, I think, might go the distance. Um, And I think it's just so even, that particular fight. I think we could get a toe-to-toe tear up, as you've just said, for five rounds, and it could be very, very narrow. Really, really narrow. I think if... Tate Nunez goes the distance. I think Nunez wins yeah. it just because she's an animal. But I think Tate might take her out with a submission. Hence thinking yeah. that Aldo Edgar will go the distance and it'll be even, Stevens. You could toss a coin at the end of it. I think it'll be that narrow. Yeah, I, I, I agree, actually. Yeah, I think, I'm just looking, thinking about that card. Now we've got three title fights on that main card on Saturday night. So there's three potential five-rounders. I know that Cormier oh. Jones went five last time, yeah, but it, and it, yeah. it didn't really live up, did it? It didn't live up to the expectation last time. Last time Jonesy were out, he didn't really live up to the expectation. He didn't set I don't think on that five, fight goes it? the distance. I don't think that. I don't think it will do this time because of what happened last time. Yeah, and I don't think Brock Mark Hunt goes the distance. No, you know we're saying there. I kind of agree with you as well. I think Misha comes on in the championship rounds too strong, so that fight ain't going the distance. Mm. Velasquez versus Travis Brown. I cannot. I think that's going to be a gunfight. I think that's just going to be literally the two. Of them One rounder, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think either either Kane takes him down and beats the crap out of him, or the two of them just slug it out and you know whoever lands first kind of thing, which we've seen from Travis Brown in the past. You know he's not a scared. He's not scared to throw heavy leather, and he takes shots as well. A fight against Alistair Overeem where he was taking some big shots, but he rode the crest of a wave and then he knocked Overeem out. So that's a. That for me is a belter. The, the only one on this main card, the only one out of those five fights for me that's almost a shoe in to go the distance is Aldo versus Edgar. And that is purely down to the fact that, as we've just said, neither of these guys can afford to lose. Mm, one yeah. of these guys lose with the, the career, you know, the UFC career. There's a, you know, the one step, one step towards the big R, aren't they? Because what else do they, how do you rebuild after losing this fight? Hmm. Cormier Jones, last time out. No, no, before we get there, before we get there, let's listen. Don't skate over it, son. Don't let's let's not do what so many other shows this week are gonna do and skate over this prelim card on Saturday as well. Because the prelim card on Saturday is a main card any other weekend. Yeah. You know, let's. Well, you look listen, at Dillashaw, you look at Hendricks, you look at Northcote. Those are names oh. that people will be familiar with. They've seen them on the main card previously, and to have them on the prelims before the main five, I mean, that is just yeah. unreal. Sage Northcote, obviously rebuilding after the sole loss of his career, he's he's a superstar in waiting, isn't he? Let's be honest. I've I've spoke to Sage in the past, and he's absolutely the nicest young, well. I think one of our, I think one of our first ever to. conversations about UFC, you mentioned him to me, Sage Northcote. Yeah. He said, get stuck into him, won't have a little bit of a nosy about what uh, what he does. And I did watch a couple of his vids and I thought to myself, yeah, he is quite a tidy lad. But then the first time I watched him, he ended up getting beat. I don't know if I'm right. a jinx or anything like that. But I agree Maybe with you. So, yeah. um, a lot of um, people that work in uh, mixed martial arts, like yourself, 
do speak very highly of this kid. And uh, this He's a could, this, well, this could be his platform really now to say, right, okay, I'm part of the big big boys now. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, and it, it it's not a bad thing losing a fight. This is no, know, not at all. Again, this is mixed martial arts. You know, it's not like it's not like boxing, which we both obviously adore, a big part of our show. Um, mixed martial arts, you, you you know, you've got to accept the fact that you're going to lose fights, especially early on. And if you're not losing fights, Matt, Matt Hughes, the former welterweight champion of the UFC, said this famously: if you're not if you're winning all your fights, if you're undefeated in the UFC in the in MMA. You're not fighting the right fights. Yeah. You're not fighting the right opponents because you'll ultimately you'll be get exposed, and you know potentially that obviously Sage lost his last fight, so chances are that was the wrong matchup for him. He wasn't ready. The guy's from a, a karate background, very much a striking background. Sensational to watch. Does that incredible weird front flip, which looks like it's out of a video game, but he actually does it without even running. He just does a front flip standing still. Kind of weird. But he does all these bicycle kicks and flare kicks and roundhouse kicks and he's so entertaining to watch. But of course he needs the ground game to go with it and that's what he's got to do. He's got to build a ground game. It takes time. The kid's about 19 years of age. You know, he's got a big future ahead of him, but it just shows how much stock the UFC put in the kid that he's on this, you know, the biggest card of the year. Sage is on there rebuilding himself. So, listen, if, you, if you've never seen Sage Northcutt, you've got to watch him just in case he's, he has a good night because you're seeing a glimpse of the future. For me, Sage Northcutt is a potential UFC superstar. Whether he becomes UFC champion, I don't know. But he's a superstar in the UFC and he's guaranteed, in my opinion, a Hollywood career because he's got, you know, he's got them Hollywood looks. He looks the part, clean cut, American kid. I guarantee this kid will be in movies eventually. But for now, he's in the UFC and, and going and join. But the rest of that undercard, just quickly to run through it, TJ Dillashaw versus Rafael Asensau, both, you know, one former champion, one former title challenger. Mm. Ridiculously brilliant fighter, bantamweight. Such an amazing fight. That's a war, guaranteed. Welterweight, Johnny Hendricks versus Kevin Gastelum. Now, another former champion against former tough tournament winner that we thought, that we thought was going to go on to become a champion. Both these guys have got the same backstory. Both these guys are credible welterweights, but both of them have consistently failed to make weight, struggled on the scales. Yeah. You know, they like the pies away from the octagon and they kill themselves to make weight in fight week. And, you know, and, and I just love the, the, I love the idea that they're eating pies. I love that. <laughs> that they just sat backstage going, I'm not weighing out today. I've just been to Greg's. Yeah, just, I've been to Greg's. Pork pie. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. They listen, the way these two balloon up, bag. it I like it. Hendrix, he sat back there with a steak bag. <laughs> I'm not fighting tonight. Bean slice. Yeah, I'm having a baked bean slice from Greg's. I'm not bothering. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's another narrative on this story because, mm. you know, chances are they will wait. Oh, there's another thing we haven't even mentioned this week. This week is the first time. It was introduced in California last month. And what it is, UFC athletes now... Mm can weigh in at 8 a.m. the morning before their fight at the hotel. And that is your official weigh-in. And you can weigh in at 8 a.m. Both these guys, Hendricks and Kevin Gastelum, on Friday morning can go to the hotel. They can go to an official weigh-in, away from the crowds, away from the fans, and they will stand on the scales and an official will be there and they will only have to tip the scales at 170 on that morning then later in the day when we all tune in on YouTube and whatever else and we watch the weigh-ins live mm. and it's all kind of drama in a circus act they will step on the scales for show only the actual weight from the morning which has been registered will be the weight that's read out wow so chances are that will 
depends how you look at it. These lads are finding light heavyweight then on Saturday night. Exactly. So it gives these guys an extra, you know, best part of six, six hours, say, six, seven hours, oh. because they've looked at it in California and said, listen, it's, we're pushing it. You know, they, we're giving the guys near 24 hours to recover. It's not enough. Let's give them a little bit more. Let's give them 30 hours. Let's give them... So they've, they've, they've started this new thing in California. It's been, a, it's been taken on by Las Vegas now. So all this week... You know, instead of the day before lunchtime or three o'clock, whenever the weigh-ins are, okay. the show weigh-ins as they are now, they can actually weigh in in the morning, which will be a lot safer. And that is going to be a good thing for Johnny Hendricks and Kevin Gaston because it doesn't come down to this very one moment. They go down in the morning. If they're still a little bit off, they can kind of get it ready. And, you know, there's a, a little bit more flexibility. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit more flexibility. <laughs> exactly. And they can kind of get themselves ready. So I'm hoping... Like the UFC are, these two actually make welterweight yeah. like they're supposed to. But again, whoever wins this fight is projected right towards that, right back in the mix at the welterweight title fight. So that's a great fight. And then Katzengano, former title challenger against Ronda Rousey, up at bantamweight against Juliana Pena, another former title challenger at bantamweight, another sick fight. The winner of that gets projected towards a potential fight with uh, Misha Tate further down the line. So, and that's the prelim card. So I didn't want to skate over that because. It's ridiculous. And take your pick. Gaston versus Hendricks. You know, if that fight actually happens, if those two turn up and let go like they can, that could be a proper rock'em sock'em war. Likewise, Dillashaw versus Asan Sal. Magnificent matchup. So that was the prelims. I had to come back to the prelims. I couldn't skate over that. Let's push on. Are you ready, are you ready for the main wait, event wait, of the wait, evening? I, I, are you ready for the I main event of the I, evening now? I, I can't even. Who is the main event now? Is it Who's the main? I haven't even thought about this fight. Some fella called. It can't, can't be a good fight. It no, can't it's, be a good it's fight. It's crap. Some geezer called DC against some guy called Bonds. It should be, uh, it should be all right. I believe they've done it before and it bored everybody to death. But... JBJ, baby! <laughs> Johnny Bones Jones! Uh, Cormier Jones. This is the oh. one that we've all been waiting for ever since. Uh, the first fight, the chat, obviously the incarceration and the... Uh, uh, the move away from UFC because of uh, uh, escapades outside the octagon for Johnny Bonds. Jones, Daniel Cormier has kicked on. Jones won the first fight. What's going to ha- happen second time up? You can't see this going five rounds, mainly because of one, what happened last time, and two, John Jones's last performance was a little bit dull. No offence to him, it was a little bit dull. It didn't, it didn't catch the imagination. So therefore, with this being UFC 200, with this being Daniel Cormier, with this being John Jones, I'm anticipating... Fireworks from the off. God, I hope so. I hope so. I really think this is going to be. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it's going to be the best fight of the week. I'm not going to say that again because I think I've already said that about seven yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. We've got Dos Anjos as best fight of the week. We've got Aldo as best fight of the week. We've got Lesnar uh, as a fight of the week. And you've even gone with Misha Tate as well. So this could be the, the fight of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the first fight. Okay, listen. The first fight potentially wasn't the greatest fight ever. It wasn't as good as Jones versus Gustafsson, and it wasn't as good as Cormier versus Gustafsson either. Mm. On, on, on that. But, styles make fights, and these two, I think style could go out the window a little bit. Yeah, and I think there's too much, I think there's needle, that's it, there's needle exactly. in this fight, isn't there? They don't like each other. Exactly, and that's what makes this one even more intriguing, is the fact that these two hate each other and it's not fake it's not put on it's not to sell tickets it's not to sell pay-per-views these two have genuinely got a dislike for one another throw in the fact that there's a title belt knocking around you know mm-hmm. John, John Jones came back to the UFC after his after his, you know, his personal problems he was out for a year he came back he was supposed to be fighting for the belt that he never lost he was stripped of the belt because of his 
this you know what he was up to away from the octagon and completely we we we're we're huge fans but we completely agreed didn't we Adam yeah mm-hmm. he should be stripped you know he can't be- behave like that he's a champion got to be a bit of a role model even if he is a bit of a dick and that's listen <laughs> a I, bit of a to, dick I love we, that I, I wrote a column in Fighters Only this month it's the John Called Jones a bit of a dick. issue John Go Jones is a bit it. of a dick I never you never a bit of a dick. <laughs> what I said was John Jones we should stop pretending and stop trying to paint John Jones as a hero as a whiter than white you know um, role model like a GSP style he isn't out there kissing babies and you know he isn't the Lord Mayor and he isn't you know, he's, he's a tainted genius. He's more of a Mike Tyson than a George St. Pierre. Mm. You know, he's, a, he's, he's an animal. He's a killer. You know, he's never he's never actually lost. A, he's been disqualified, which was, you know, a, a slight on the rules. But he, he's never lost a fight. No one's ever beat this guy. He's the best. For me, he's the most talented mixed martial artist the sport has ever seen. And I, I put him above John Jones. Uh, Anderson Silva, I really do, because John Jones has beaten a much higher calibre of former champion and champion during his title reign. So for me, John Jones is the number one. I put him above GSP. Mm. Talent-wise, this guy is crazy. Throw into the mix that he's, you know, from from what we're learning now is, the guy's been messing about with recreational drugs for the last couple of years, even though he's been the best fighter on the planet. Mm. Now he's clean, you know, okay, he has got misdemeanours, okay, he probably does mix with the wrong crowd, you know, whatever. That's that's just John Jones. Let's just get over the fact and celebrate him anyway because he's an absolute badass. And that's what, you know, I've kind of come to terms with it now. I'm not trying to dress John Jones up to be something he ain't. John Jones is what he is outside the octagon. He's a flawed genius. But inside it, he's absolutely mustard. And I think this fight against Cormier, this is the one where he's going to... It's, it's hard to say he's going to come back and do better than last time because last time he beat Cormier convincingly for me. Yeah, so, he did. You know, you, you, what do you want to do? Stop Cormier this time? Okay, fair enough. But, but thing with John Jones in the last fight, what John Jones did in the last fight is he out wrestled Daniel Cormier. Yeah, like John's, he always does this to his opponents. I'm done. He, you know, whenever he fights someone, he beats them at their own game. It's mm. like he's taunting them. Okay, you're a great striker. Well, I'm going to knock you out. You're a great wrestler. I'm going to out wrestle you. You're great at jujitsu. I'm going to go to the ground with you. No problem. I'm going li- to sit live with you on the ground. This mm. is what he does. And in the last fight with Cormier, he, he out wrestled. A former Olympi- Olympian, you know, an Olymp- a team USA captain. Yeah, you know, I think he was an old, he was uh, it was only injury that ruled him out of a second Olympics. Daniel Cormier, the guy is unbelievable wrestling. But then there's wrestling, there's college, you know, there's a, there's Greco-Roman wrestling, freestyle wrestling, and then there's MMA wrestling, and they're completely different things. John George Saint Pierre, potentially the best MMA wrestler we've ever seen. But John Jones, I thought last time was a bit preoccupied and doing Daniel Cormier like Daniel Cormier does everybody else. I think this time, John Jones is just going to be John Jones. He ain't going to try and beat him on his own game. He doesn't have to because he's done that before. This time, I think John Jones is going to open, you know, like the Americans like to say, he's going to open a can of whoop-ass. I think this is going to be an absolute belter because like Edgar, like like Jose Aldo, what does Cormier do if he loses this fight? Well, this is this is it, isn't it? Because because he's not the it, champion, then is he? You tell me, he's who's not the, the champion. champion. Who's the best? Who's the best? Who's the champion now on paper? Daniel Cormier, but Adam, who's the best light heavyweight in the world? Mm. And obviously, the, what we're alluding to, the best light heavyweight in the world is the only person to beat currently the champion in his uh, mixed martial arts career. Listen, John Jones is. He's the man, isn't he? He's the absolute man. And until somebody beats John Jones... So what's Cormier got to do? Well, what's Cormier got to do to take John Jones? I know that there is no blueprint for it because his only defeat has come via uh, his own disqualification and his own stupidity. But 
What has Cormier then got to do to beat John Jones? It's very difficult. This, this is like the Floyd Mayweather question, isn't it? When people talk about blueprints for various ways if you go about beating beating a man, when how can you come up with a blueprint when nobody has actually properly beaten a fella in the octagon? It's just not there. Cormier's yeah. tactics and Cormier's uh, brilliance come from wrestling, as we've both mentioned. But as we saw last time out, he Cormier'd Cormier'd. Didn't it? In the fight. All right. It borders to death a little bit and it went the distance, but he won the fight convincingly, John Jones. That's what he does. Yeah. If he needs to bore it and win the fight convincingly, like Mayweather would do in boxing, he just yeah. does that. But this one, I just don't think, because of the needle, because of what happened last time and because of what happened in his last fight, John Jones, I think he's going to want to put on some fireworks. I think he is a bit of a showman. I think he likes all that. And I think he's going to come in with flying elbows, spinning elbows, you name it, it's all going to be on there. The repertoire will be there. And I think yeah. we could see some genuine fireworks, hence not thinking this is going the distance. No, exactly. And I think, um, you know, for me, Daniel Cormier, the only way he wins this fight is by getting his head onto John Jones's chest and unloading getting him up against the cage, dirty boxing, trying to make it ugly, get him down, you know, tie him up, use your wrestling, get your body weight on on top of him. Obviously, Cormier's a big lump of a guy. He's got to get on John Jones and tire him out. Yeah. And His only chance is to take it into yeah. deep waters, I think, and then try to he's got to get on, he's got to, in the world In the world of boxing, he's got to get on that inside, hasn't he? Because height, he, he loses out on height, he loses out on reach. Yep. Yeah, he yep. loses out on every single aspect. The only thing that is the same is weight, and that's because yeah. they have to fight at 205 pounds. That's just the way it is. But everything else points towards John Jones for this particular fight. He can fight multifaceted. He can fight anywhere, shape or form, to win this fight. Cormier only has one way, he might, like you've just said, that he has to get on the inside, he has to rough him up, he has to make it dirty. That's the way yeah. he has to fight in order to win this. You've got to argue Cormier's got the power advantage as well of course yeah you know he's a former heavyweight he's he knocked out heavyweight so he's got the power advantage the problem with Cormier as you've just point alluded to then no one's ever knocked John Jones out John Jones has proven like against Gustafsson and a couple of he's got a great chin he's got a fighter's heart he's a champion he's got a champion's heart he came through the trenches against Gustafsson to win that fight you know he really proved himself for me that all the talent in the world, yes, but he's also a champion. He's got the heart and the metal of a, of a true champion. And that has got to be intimidating as well to, to Camp Cormier because you can't break this guy. But that's the only way Cormier can do it. He's got to break John Jones. He's got to hope that John Jones doesn't want to go to the well one more time, Doesn't can't go to the well. He's got to push John Jones to that limit because if he stands off... As we've seen before, John Jones will just tee off with, as you say, spinning elbows, back kicks, teep kicks, the, the full nine yards. I mean, what we'll see from John Jones is loads of that little kick, which uh, which Michael Winkle, John, is, is striking coach loves, that little teep kick to the front knee to keep yeah. rocking Cormier backwards, to stop Cormier charging him for a takedown. But I think the big question here, as you've just said then, the big question here is how does Cormier beat John Jones? There's a million ways John Jones can beat Cormier, but how does Cormier beat John Jones? But if he doesn't, then his his reign as light heavyweight champion, even though he won the title and he's defended the title once successfully already, his reign as heavy, light heavyweight champion in the UFC will forever have a little asterisk next to it, meaning John Jones wasn't around at the time. Because mm. when John Jones came back, he beat you, so you will. For my eyes, Cormier is never the champion. Then was he? Because that guy was unavailable. It's it's 
Oh, what a fight. What a fight. I just want to, I want it to be now. I it's want not it to now. Be it's not now. Settle right down. Now. Settle down, right? Uh-huh. Quick one. Our, our top, uh, the top five fights in uh, UFC 200. We're going to go through a quick accumulator. Uh, Velasquez, Brown, are you picking? Velasquez. Uh, Aldo Edgar. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't just flirt over like that. I agree with you. you. If I agree with you, oh, I'm, right, I'm okay. not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. I agree with you. Velasquez. Yeah, go on. Aldo Edgar. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my boy Frankie. I'm going to go Jose Aldo. Right. Uh, Tet, Tet Nunes. I'm going to go Misha Tate with a finish, yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, Lesnar Hunt. <laughs> so let me just get this coin out my pocket. Yeah. Flip that coin. I haven't really got a coin. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm actually doing the hand gestures. Um, I'm going to go with... You just want a name, don't you, really? You don't want me to dick about it. I want, I want it to be Brock. I want it to be Brock. No, because that's I want not Brock what I said. I don't around. want what you want. Uh, what, what, what's going to happen? Mark Hunt's going to knock him out. I was going to say the same thing, but just to be controversial, I'll go with, uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go with Ground and Pound Lesnar then. I know, but we want it to be Brock, don't we? Because we want Brock yeah, to stick around. Yeah, He's yeah. fun. He's fun. Okay, so you're going Hunt on that one, yeah? Yeah. Okay, you go Hunt. I'll go Lesnar. And then Cormier Jones? What are you delaying for? You know exactly what you want to say. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, you know. You want a drum roll? Tension. Put the tension going in here. Go. And the new. <laughs> Johnny Bones Jones. Come on. The, the guy is the greatest we've seen in the octagon. If he, if he can't do a number of Daniel Cormier here, I will literally be in tears. And I'm a huge Cormier fan as well. Huge Cormier fan. But I want to see John Jones become champion again. I want to see John Jones move on to hev- heavyweight because I think he cleans shop there as well. I want John Jones to sort his, pri- you know, make his personal life a, a, a non-story now. I want him to become and build the legacy that he's already started. I want him to become the greatest of all time. And I think if he's Vince, if he's on on Saturday night, if he's back to his best, I, you know, Cormier doesn't stand a chance. Next time with the Fight Disciples. We review everything that happened on UFC 200, if we're still alive. If our hearts can take it, we will be in the studio uh, to talk about everything that we've just previewed. We'll do it as a review. And as well as that, our boy Jazza is back in action. July the 16th, he's having to do it in Cardiff. We spoke to him previously about the meet-up with, uh, with Guillermo Rigondao. That got called off. It's now back on. They're fighting in Cardiff. And the Jazza, the man from the attic, will be joining us for a little <laughs> bit of a chat. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.